Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I believe this is a good Sunday. I believe that when you come to God's house, God's house is not a place to endure, but a place to be enjoyed. And we don't wanna beat you up today, we wanna build you up today. I think the Lord has given me a word just for you. In fact, maybe right now, wherever you're at, simply put a text out, maybe just share your YouTube screen or share, maybe start a watch party right now on Facebook. Let some friends know right now that I'm about to preach live to them. I got a message just for them. Evangelism has never been easier than it has right now in 2020, that we can just share content. Get your Instagram out right now. Just put up a story post. I'm at church on Sunday, even though I don't have maybe my Sunday best. Maybe you're in your underwear. We don't show us that, okay? But right now you can start letting people know that you're at church. And if you got a Bible, quickly turn to Luke chapter 11. As you're turning there, everybody grabbing Bibles. We got some people in the studio. Great job, worship team. Can we thank the worship team really quick? Awesome, awesome job. Awesome, awesome job. Luke chapter 11 is where I want you to turn. Caitlin is helping me with that water. That was a sly move that you just pulled off right there. I saw what you did. That was amazing. She, she dumped out some of the water probably so I wouldn't spill it. Uh, Luke chapter 11 is where I want you to turn. I've got YouTube right here. I'm watching this in live right here as well. What's up, Bella? What's up, Kaori? That's a beautiful name. Uh, Andre Streeter. I lo- oh, Andre, I love that. Look at this. Anna, uh, Venice. What's up, Emmanuel Pastrana, amen with the I love you sign, my favorite sign ever. Uh, Luke chapter 11 is where I wanna preach from uh, today. And once again, just so happy. I know that this is a, um, it's a difficult season. We miss meeting with all of you in person. And uh, we long for the day that we are back together in proximity, physically together. And I really believe that day is coming sooner than later. We meet here in Miami in public schools. And so right now we're sort of out of an option, but we are continuing to come together as a leadership team, praying and asking what God's will is for us as we are are in this season as a church. And you know, when Adrian was praying today, I just thought it was beautiful what he was saying that as a church, we really believe that our response to all that's going on is to bring faith, to bring hope, and of course, to bring love. And I know that there's thousands of people tuning in right now. And so many of us are having a different reaction to the things that are taking place. Uh, Some of us right now, when it comes to COVID-19, it's just that, that you know people that have gotten sick, you've gotten sick yourself. Others of you have been impacted because your business was closed or your business had to stop. And please hear us today that our hearts are with you. Our prayers are with you. And we want you to know that we're standing with you as a church. And I started a collection last week called Day by Day, because that's sort of been my response during this entire pandemic, during all the things that we're seeing in the news. Uh, How are you getting through this? I'm just getting through it day by day, day by day. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. Day by day, just moment by moment. And last week I preached a message, what to do when you don't know what to do. And I wanna continue in that thread. In fact, I think we're gonna land here for a little while uh, in the month of July, this summer at VU, as we're talking about daily practices, as we're talking about habits, what it looks like to be a person of discipline, even in difficult times. And Luke chapter 11 is where I wanna land today. Luke 11 verse one says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Everyone say a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. What a beautiful passage of scripture. And today I wanna preach from this subject, developing a prayer habit. (laughs) Developing a prayer habit. And that's really what we're talking about in this collection of day by day as many are joining from really around the world. You just saw a great story today in church online from a girl named Phoebe from Malaysia, who's being impacted by what God's doing right here. But what we're talking about at Vu Church is this concept that what I do daily determines who I become permanently. That we we must understand that practice, um, it doesn't make perfect, but rather practice makes permanent. And today, I want to lean into this spiritual practice known as prayer. I wonder today, um, are you actually praying or are you just talking about praying? (laughs) How many know as Christians, we are notorious for this, that like we all know that prayer is the thing we're supposed to do, but I find many times we just do a lot of talking about prayer. We don't actually pray. This is what I know about prayer. Prayer is simple in nature, but it's not always easy in practice. Like, like, we got to get that. Just because something is simple doesn't mean that it's easy to practice. Till death do us part. That's pretty simple. Not always so easy. Uh, for richer or poor, <laughs> simple, n- not always easy. Some of you out there are like, yeah, for richer or poor. Hopefully for richer. Amen. Okay. But, but simple, but, but not always easy to put into practice. And prayer, by definition, is simply talking to God. That sounds simple, but for some reason, it's not always easy to practice. You know, it's funny because when it comes to relationships, relationships live or die on communication. Like my wife and I, we've been married now for 13 years. And come on, thank you very much, Dante. Oliver, that's gonna be you next. I believe it, amen, in the name of Jesus. We're praying for him right now. But in a relationship, Adrian can attest to this, uh, because in a relationship, like everything is about communication. And my wife and I for years have sought after counseling, gone to counseling. How many know you need to take a break before it breaks? You need to make sure that you're getting the input in the good times, not just the hard times. And when we go to counseling, we'll sit down with a therapist or we'll sit down with a voice. And although we understand that communication is simple, we know that putting it into practice is not always easy. And I have never, ever met a counselor. No counselor has ever looked at me and said, Rich, what's wrong with you? Just talk to your wife. It's easy. No, that's never, ever what they say back to me. Instead, what do they do? They try to diagnose my situation. They try to make me aware of the blind spots in my relationship. Then they try to give me practices or exercise to help us enhance our communication. What if I told you, you can learn how to pray better? Did you know that you can get better at prayer? I don't want us today to presume that everybody who's watching right now understands prayer. I don't want to presume that right now, just because you're going to church, that you understand everything about prayer. I think sometimes we can just go, oh, prayer, super easy. You got it. Just talk to God. No, no, no. I I believe there's people probably watching right now that you don't know what to pray. You don't know how to pray. Maybe you're here right now. You don't even know why we pray. Let me just tell you, in this season that we find ourselves in our country and all around the world, it is a difficult season. 
And if you're gonna get through this season day by day, you're gonna have to understand now more than ever, you're gonna have to develop a habit of prayer. Not just talking about it, but actually doing it day by day. What's amazing about this scripture that we're reading out of Luke chapter 11 is the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, oh, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And Jesus doesn't respond, guys, it's simple. Just talk to God. No, instead, he actually begins to give them a practice, a pattern of how they can pray. I believe today that you can learn to pray better. I believe that you can learn to pray stronger. I believe that today you can get a deeper revelation about prayer and you can find yourself in this season, not just surviving, but actually overcoming. Teach us, Lord, then how to pray. Developing a habit of prayer. You know, I, I wanna teach you today how to pray, but how many of you know that when you're trying to master a practice, you don't start with how, you start with why. Like, I think sometimes we just jump right into the how of things and we don't even know why we're doing it. So, so what I wanna do today is, is really, really simple. I wanna give you three fundamental reasons why we pray, but with every one of those points, I also wanna show you a practice of how we pray in that manner. Because what you do daily determines who you become permanently. You learn a good habit the same way as you learn a bad habit practice. Are you practicing prayer or are you just talking about prayer? Let me, let me give you three reasons why we pray. Number one, write this down. Come on, YouTube, help me out over there. What's up, Matt Urbina? I love that he is in this. Yes, we need this word. Thank you, Matt Urbina. He is shouting me down digitally. Only in 2020 can you get shouted down digitally in the chat. Number one, why we pray. Prayer expresses trust in God. Please, Zoom, help me out in the chat right now. Come on, Johnny, put that on there. When, put that on there right now. Bryson, get it in the chat. I see you, I'm watching you, Bryson, all the way over there in Louisiana. We see you, bro. Prayer expresses trust in God. Listen, when we begin prayer, prayer is not first and foremost about telling God about what we need. In fact, Jesus clears this up in Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, Jesus actually says, hey, your father already knows what you need. Meaning the first reason why we pray is not to declare to God what we need, but rather the first reason why we pray is because we're expressing to God that we trust in him. In fact, as you discover and as you read the Bible over and over again, when it comes to the topic of prayer, prayer over and over again is reinforced with this idea that we're to pray with faith. What is faith? Faith is this dependence. It is this belief that, God, I need you, not just for a moment in my life, but I need you daily active in my life. And so the first reason I pray is because I'm going, God, I actually, I actually trust in you. I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said this. He said, trust God in the dark until the light returns. Anybody feel like right now you're going through some dark times? Anybody right now having a slight crisis of faith where maybe you're doubting your faith or wondering where God is? Let me just tell you, it's right now in this moment that God is forming you, he's shaping you, he's developing you, and it's in this season that you create a habit of prayer. Don't doubt in the dark what he promised you in the light. And if it's dark right now, keep on praying, light is on the way. 
How many know that when you're in, when you're in dark, you tend to stumble in the dark because you can't see nothing? I don't know if you've ever had a moment where it's like all the lights go out. It's, you can't see, it's darkness. Here's what I believe. If you're in a moment of darkness right now, I call it this, practice the pause. Practice the pause. When you doubt, pause. When you're stressed out, pause. When you get angry, pause. When somebody posts something on Instagram you don't like, pause. And when you pause, pray. Because when you pray, you're expressing trust unto God. It's amazing. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Oh, that's so simple. Why are you guys asking me such simple questions? It's easy. Just do it. No, no, no. He begins and he says, our father who art in heaven. What's beautiful is that when Jesus begins to teach on prayer, he says, you're to come to God like he is a father and like you are a child, totally dependent upon him. That every time I go to God in prayer, what I'm doing is, is I'm coming before God with faith saying, God, I need your wisdom. I need your power. I need your love. I need your mercy. All of those things are a part of his excellent character. And when I get on my knees and actually pray, I'm showing God that God, I trust in you. I am dependent upon you. I am the child and you are the father. You see, prayer is simple, but the practice at times is not always easy. But just because it's not easy doesn't mean that you and I should complicate it. Because it is not complicated. I have never seen a little child walk around wondering when he has a good father if he's actually going to have his needs met by that good father. See, there's a world out there right now where people are missing maybe a dad or missing a parent. And so when they read Jesus' words, they don't understand it because they never had a good parent. But when you have a good father or a good mother, naturally, the correlation begins to make so much sense because a good father wants to meet the needs of their children. Like, I, I've, I've have you ever noticed, like, when a child has a good father, they're confident about where their next meal is going to come from. My son, Wyatt, when he gets hungry, he's not like, let me go find a job. Um, let me apply for that job. And uh, once I get some money, then I can pay for my nutrition. No, 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 that's not what he does. My son, Wyatt, two years of age, he comes to me in his diaper with too many toys in his hands. And he says, dad, I eat. <laughs> and how many know what he needs to eat? I feed him. In fact, here's what's really powerful is that before Wyatt even asks me for food, I already know that he needs to eat. Why? Because I'm a good dad. And I know that Wyatt is totally 100% dependent upon me. He is not able to go and find food at two years of age. He needs his dad. And Jesus is like, let me teach you about prayer. This is a daily habit that you're to come to God like a good father and that you're to show that you trust in him, that he loves you, that he has good plans for you. Look at what Jesus says, Luke chapter 11. As you continue to read, this is not even in our reading, but it's at the bottom of Luke 11. Jesus, he just leans into this metaphor, the entire teaching. I'm gonna lean into this metaphor today, that God is a good father and we are children. And when I pray, the first reason why I pray is to express my trust in him. What does Jesus say? He says, what father among you, watch this, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? <laughs> Dad, can I have a fish? No, here's a serpent. Whew, like, whoa, bro. Like, that's a bad dad. 
Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Dad, dad, can I have an egg? No, here's a scorpion. Ha, whoa, like that's a bad dad. If you then who are evil, you and I, fall in creation, men born and women born into original sin, the depravity of man, if we're evil, but we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more? Oh, put that in the chat. How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? You know, Wyatt has been finally getting into to balls and to play and he likes, he likes, he has this hockey stick that somebody gave him. And so he's been around the house playing with this, this little ball and this little hockey stick. And so my wife saw it and without Wyatt ever even asking, this past week she went on Amazon and she bought Wyatt two hockey goals. When the gift came in, we said, Wyatt, we got a present for you. It's Christmas in July. This kid went crazy. He was excited about the gift we gave him. How many know Wyatt didn't even ask for the gift? Wyatt didn't even know the gift was coming. But how did we know that he would love the gift? Because we know our son. Our son talks to us. Our son communicates to us. Our son is dependent upon us. And because of it, we want to give good gifts to our children. Listen to me. God has your best interest in mind. You know, when Wyatt comes to me, Sometimes he's hungry and he wants to eat food, but how many know just because he's hungry doesn't always mean it's good for him to eat. And so sometimes Wyatt will come and want something and I just say, no, bro. And just because I said no, doesn't mean because I didn't hear him or because I want to make his life bad. No, I actually know as a good father that that thing that he wants is not actually what he needs. God doesn't just have a good plan for you. God has the best plan for you. Just because God says no to you doesn't mean it's because he doesn't hear you or doesn't want to meet your needs. It's because he's got something better in store for you. The other day I was taking a walk. Every illustration today is about my son. I was taking a walk with Wyatt and we walked down by the park and by the water in our neighborhood. And my son, he's just he is all boy, bro. Like every time we go on a walk, he comes back. He's got sticks in his hands. Like we have a whole closet just full of rocks and sticks. I'm like, dude, no more sticks. And he had found what I thought were, were two sticks and he was on my shoulders and we were walking all the way back home. I'm talking about a good 15 minute walk. And he's got these two sticks, I thought, in his hands. When we got to the house, we were about to walk inside. I said, Wyatt, you got to leave the sticks outside. He said, no, daddy, I want my sticks. And then I said, show me what you got. And <laughs> When he opened up his hands for 15 minutes, um, that which I thought were sticks were not sticks. Instead, somehow my son had found on the side of the road, I don't know how to say this appropriately, he had found two pieces, I guess, of petrified dog feces. And he's going, I, got, I want my sticks. I said, son, drop the crap. <laughs> You're not getting inside with that stuff in your hand. No, daddy, I want it. I said, son, you don't want that. Yes, I want it. I said, son, you don't need that. How many of you know today, some of us, we have got garbage in our hands and God is saying, you're not bringing that back into your house. I have something better for you. God doesn't just have a good plan for you. He has the best plan for you. You don't want a good job. You want the best job. You don't want a good marriage. You want the best marriage. You don't want good friends. You want best friends. God 
has your best in mind. And I come to him as the good father. And when I come to him prayer, the first reason why we pray daily is because we're just expressing trust, dependence. I am a child and I need God to show up in my life. But notice what Jesus says, because maybe some of of us today were were catching the why, but I want to teach you how you pray this way. One of the best forms of prayer to express trust is called the prayer of adoration. And, And the prayer of adoration is beautiful because notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, when you begin to pray, you should pray, Father, I come to you and hallowed be your name. So notice, he says, go to God like a good father, but then he adds this other word, this word is called hallowed. And hallowed, that's a word that we don't use very much, but it simply means regarded as holy or venerated or sacred. See, the prayer of adoration as we begin to come to God in that type of prayer, it's really the prayer of worship. It's, it's really the prayer that we begin to say, God, I, I'm praising you for who you are. God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm worshiping you for who you actually are, that you are a good father, but your name is hallowed. Now, that's a juxtaposition. And when I read it before, I haven't always noticed it, that on one side, what we're discovering is that Jesus is saying, when you pray and you're expressing trust in God, you should pray in this tension. What is this tension? This tension is relational, but also formal. This tension is natural, but then he's hallowed, which makes him supernatural. This tension is dad, which is imminent, but then hallowed be your name, which is transcendent. And when we begin to pray in this tension, what we're doing is over and over again, we are expressing that God, I'm going to come to you for who you are, that you are a good father who loves me and I'm totally dependent upon you, not just for the things I want on Christmas, but I need you in every season. I need you every day. I need you every hour. I need you every minute. God, I need you every second. Therefore, I come to you like a child saying, Father, hallowed be your name. They don't seem to go together, but it's there in the tension that you actually discover who your God is. He is big and I am small. He is strong and I am weak. He is rich and I am poor, but he loves me. And that's why I trust him because he loves me. The prayer of adoration is agreeing with who God is instead of asking what God can do. And today, if you're wondering why you pray, you pray to express trust in God, but how you do it is you, you do it through the prayer of adoration. I'm gonna agree with who you are, God. You're my father, but hallowed be your name. It's the tension, it's the tension, it's the tension. Number two, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Help me out, YouTube. Help me out, everybody on YouTube. Number two is prayer deepens fellowship to God. Prayer deepens fellowship to God. Very, very important that we see this, that all relationships, uh, simply put, without communication, they they cease to exist. You you don't have a relationship if you're not actually communicating. You see, following Jesus is not about a weekend high, it's about a daily habit. It's not a Sunday thing, it's an everyday kind of thing. During this time in this pandemic, it's been difficult because I'm an extrovert. I love being around people. And 
you know, I feel like it's kind of been like, we, we, it just, it's, it's gone on longer than we probably all imagined or hoped it would. But I found myself this week just calling friends and getting together with people because I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to spend time with them. Why? Because I, I love them. And love communicates. Love stays in the conversation. Love keeps talking. Love doesn't cancel. Love doesn't quit. Love doesn't give up. Love never fails is what the apostle Paul says. And so I stay in the conversation. Last Sunday after we got done doing church, um, my, my family, my immediate family, the Wilkerson family, I've got three other brothers. There's four boys all in full-time ministry. My parents are in full-time ministry. And, you know, we can get so busy doing stuff that we can miss out on just simply being together. And my parents last Sunday called a family meeting. And so we got all of our family together on Zoom and for about an hour and a half to almost two hours, we just talked, we prayed together. Why? Because although we are missing proximity, we refuse to give up community. We refuse to give up intimacy. Listen to me, where there is no communication, there is no community. Like just get that, Voo Church, where there's no communication, there is no community in this season. Community is not about just gathering together. It's much deeper than simply being physically together. Community is established through our communication, through talking to one another, through loving one another. You, you got to understand this today, that we need each other, that we need to pray, that truly when it comes to God, that God, when I pray before I'm trying to get something, before I need something, I'm actually coming to deepen my fellowship to that God. God, I love you. God, I want relationship with you. Therefore, I pray. Listen, if you only pray when you have a problem, baby, you have a problem. God is not a pinata, and prayer is not a stick. <laughs> I'm just telling you that like we actually have to come to him and develop a relationship. The first 14 years of my life, my dad traveled full time on the road in ministry, gone five days a week, the first 14 years of my life. Did you know that my father, every night while he was on the road, every night like clockwork, he would call our house. And my mom would sit there in the kitchen on the big, long corded phone. Some of you don't even know about corded phones. My goodness. And she would talk to him probably for an hour every night. And then she would start to call all of her sons. First started with my oldest, her oldest son, John Fulton, my older brother. And then she'd call for Richie, come in here. And then Graham and then Taylor. And every night my dad would spend time on the phone with us, checking in and talking to us. Why did my dad do that? My dad did that because my dad wanted to develop relationship with his sons. And although he was gone from us in the flesh, he decided I'm going to maintain a deep, real relationship with my boys. Even though I'm not with them physically, I can pick up the phone and talk to them. What's amazing, Dante, is as I got older, I found myself 12, 13, 14, my schedule would get busier. And I would have more things happening. And although my dad would call every night, I wasn't always available to get on the phone with him. Ooh, I want you to see this today. Your heavenly father, every single day, every moment, every hour, every minute is picking up the phone and he is on the other line 
Prayer is not a stick that I'm hitting a pinata. Prayer is a phone and I pick it up and at any moment I can begin to have relationship with a good father who loves me. Listen to me. If God didn't forget to wake you up today, I don't think you should forget to pray today. There's a lot of things in life that we become busy with. I don't think we should be too busy to pray. I think we gotta keep praying. I think we gotta keep leaning into this moment. We gotta keep seeking God. God's on the other end. He wants relationship with us. He wants relationship with us. Maybe you're today, you're going, okay, well, how do I, how do I increase the fellowship? How do I deepen my fellowship with God? How do I pray that way? There's lots of different forms of prayer that you could lean into. Uh, one that I would recommend that I want you to write this down is what we call contemplative prayer. Put that down, contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is, uh, is an amazing way to pray because contemplative prayer often gets um, confused with meditative prayer. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna preach on the practice of meditation because I'm telling you what, the scripture talks all about it and it will be helpful for you. But meditation, it's that idea about my mind and what I'm thinking about and clearing my mind and filling my mind with God's promises. Contemplative prayer, it's a little bit different because contemplative prayer, many would say, is the most disciplined type of prayer. Because contemplative prayer is simply when you get silent with your God and you listen. Isn't that amazing? Um, Because when it comes to like relationships, have you ever noticed that in our social settings, we hate silence? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, like we don't want to have like, you ever been on like that first date? And it's like, what are we going to say? Okay, I got my whole list of what I'm going to ask her about. You know, you don't want any silence. I know as a preacher, I don't want to come up here and have two minute pauses, three minute pauses. What if we just, what if I just kept the camera on my face right now? Zoom in right now. Just zoom in a little bit on that camera right there. What if we just, what if we just went 10 minutes right now like this? Look, people are logging off right now. People are logging off right now. It's awkward. It's weird. It's strange. It's different. We don't like silence. Yet, isn't it amazing when it comes to my dearest friends, when it comes to the people that I am the closest with, silence isn't that bad. When it comes to my wife, Dawn Cherie, we'll sit in a room for hours and nothing is said. Her very presence is communication. Her body language is saying all sorts of stuff. I'm telling you, when it comes to God, so often this topic of prayer is all about what you, the prayer, are supposed to say. And we overcomplicate. It's like, all right, what am I gonna say? Okay, God, here, okay, I got all my practices and I got all my things, all my agenda. I've gone through all the patterns, but many times we forget that prayer is conversation. So as much as you're talking, you should also be listening. But we don't like the silence with God. We don't wanna wait on God. But notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11. He says, give us today our daily bread. He's not talking about physical food, but rather he is quoting something from Deuteronomy when Jesus, he quotes and says, man does not live on bread alone, but by the very word of God. He's saying something deeper. He's saying that God wants to speak to you every single day that you don't have to wait for a word on Sunday, but our God has a daily word, daily bread every single day. See, often contemplative prayer will leave you with a sense of God before you get a sentence from God. 
See, prayer is about a moment with God, not a monologue from God. Have you been in his presence? Have you, have you paused and have you experienced? I haven't come here to ask you anything. I've come here to be with you. I'm picking up the phone to a good father who is always on the line wanting to have communication with me. <laughs> you know, my son Wyatt, he's two years of age right now and you know, he is learning the English language. And he's also learning a couple of words in Spanish. Uh, we're believing he's gonna be bilingual. I'm bilingual. I speak in tongues and English. Praise God. <laughs> but Wyatt is, he, he's, he's learning some words right now. And uh, right now, if I can be honest with you, although my son doesn't have a full extensive vocabulary, my son and I have great communication. For although he doesn't speak perfect English, once again, his body language communicates. How about this? He even communicates simply in sounds. I know what they mean because I'm just with him. Right now, my son, his, his favorite thing to do right now, this is so awesome. This is like maybe the proudest moment I've had the last couple weeks with my son. My son, he'll be in mid-conversation with you, just hanging out and everyone's hanging out and all of a sudden my son will whip his head back and go, Aah! and he'll go back to eating his food or whatever he was doing. At any moment right now, my son, Wyatt, he just loves to let out a, a wolf howl. Aah! And if you didn't know Wyatt, you would go, this boy is crazy. Who are his parents? Why is he howling in the middle of the worship set? Why is he howling in the middle of dinner? But what you would fail to understand is that I actually know exactly what he means. You see, his favorite movie right now is this movie called The Jungle Book. And during quarantine, we have watched the cartoon version 49 times. And recently, Disney Plus released the real movie Jungle Book. And there has been a massive upgrade. And Wyatt, the movie addict, has consumed that now 52 times. We watch it almost every day. And if you've ever seen the movie, there's this beautiful part in the movie where the wolf pack, they have this, they have this code of the jungle. I love it, man. I could preach. I'm gonna preach it one day at Vu. But they always end the code and they say, the strength of the wolf is the pack. And the strength of the pack is the wolf. All the wolves howl at the end of the mantra. You see, every time Wyatt howls, I don't need his words. I have a shared experience with him. I know exactly what he's communicating to me. I know exactly what he means by the moment. What if I told you today that God, the good father, whose name is Hallowed, who is sacred, who is set apart, who is big, who is strong, yet also a good father who is so relational with you that metaphorically speaking, he wants to howl and you know what it means. What if I told you that he wants some moments with you that your fellowship would be so deep that although you didn't get a big monologue and you didn't get all these words, you would say that moment is what I'm carrying into my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday, my Thursday, my Friday. I have been with Jesus and we have a shared experience. See, when I pray, I'm deepening my fellowship to God. When I pray, I'm expressing my trust in God. But lastly today, Prayer allows collaboration with God. 
from the very beginning of this book, what you discover over and over, please put that in the chat right now. Zoom, help me out. There it is. I see it. I see you, Carson Marshall. Thank you very much. I see people getting that in there. From the very beginning of this book, what you discover is that God has always wanted to collaborate with people. That God is always, that when he created Adam and Eve in the garden, what did he do? He wanted fellowship with humanity. He wanted them to be dependent upon him, but he also gave Adam a mission. He gave Adam a job, meaning he wanted to get his will accomplished in the earth through mankind. This is why Jesus teaches us in Luke 11, your kingdom come, your will be done. What are we to pray? We're to pray God's will on the earth and God activates his will through humanity that God says, I wanna collaborate with you. See, the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. That's why we pray. We're going, God, I want to activate your will. I want to see your kingdom come to this earth. And as you study church history and as you read this book, what you find so fascinating is that the men and women in this book, they actually believe that their prayer changes things. They actually believe that they had authority in their prayer. They actually believe that God wanted to work with them. As you study church history, even outside of the Bible, as you look across the last 2,000 years, as you see men and women, I don't know what it is, but the great men and women, the great generals of the faith, when you study their life, it just seems different from you and I. It seems different from the people I talk to. It seems like they really actually believed that when they prayed something, God was moved by their prayers. The great father in the faith, John Wesley, he said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. That everything you see happening was an answer to somebody else's prayer because somebody stand, stood in the gap and believed and prayed. James, the brother of Jesus, what does he say? He says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. What's he saying? He's saying the reason why you don't receive is because when you come to God and you ask, and you wanna collaborate with him, you're asking simply out of a sinful nature or out of a corrupted heart. Meaning, there's a way to ask wrongly and there's a way to ask rightly. In order to ask rightly, it requires your passion to change. It requires your heart to change. Meaning, you have to desire what he desires. You have to will what he wills. You have to love what he loves. To pray rightly is to change. To pray rightly, it is to change. I really believe that following Jesus, it means it's a commitment to a lifetime of change. In fact, I actually believe this right now. If you're not changing, you're probably not praying. Because when I start to pray, and I start to deepen this fellowship with God, I can't help but look like this God. He must become greater and I must become less. My heart is changing, my heart is transforming. I am not the same person as I was last year. I'm not the same guy I was when I was 17. I am being transformed, I am being sanctified, I am becoming like Jesus through the power of prayer. I'm in collaboration with God. I don't know what it is about Christians, but so many Christians are okay with just a one-time change. We're all good with words like repentance, but repentance is about, in the Old Testament, changing your direction. In the New Testament, 
Repentance is all about changing your mind. And I don't know about you, but I want my mind to be renewed. Not one time when I was 17, but I want God to continually, progressively change my mind that I might become more like Him. To pray rightly is to change. If you're not changing, it could be because you're not praying. For John writes, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Did you get that? that? That's very, very important. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. John is saying, come to God boldly and collaborate with God. That when you pray, that's actually how you get into tandem, how you get into work with God. It's how you start actually executing his will on the earth. But when you pray, you have to keep saying, am I praying out of my selfish ambition or am I praying out of submission to a holy God? Charles Spurgeon, arguably the greatest preacher who ever lived in the last 400 years or so. They call him the Prince of Preachers. He says it this way. He says, whether we like it or not, Asking is the rule of the kingdom. If you may have everything by asking in his name and nothing without asking, I beg you to see how absolutely vital prayer is. What's he saying? He's saying that when I pray, things change. When I stand on the authority that has been given to me by Jesus, I don't quit praying. Jesus, he highlights this in Luke chapter 11. He says, come to God as a father, but he's hallowed. So live in attention, trust in him, get a daily word. He has something for you every single day to sustain you. But understand that you're to call his will down on this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. But then Jesus makes it very, very clear in our collaboration that we are to ask and we are to shamelessly ask. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So watch this. The prayer of adoration is agreeing with who God is. While the prayer of intercession is agreeing to what God has promised to do. See, if you're wondering today, how do I pray and collaborate with God? It's called the prayer of intercession. How do I express trust to God? Prayer of adoration. How, how, how do I actually deepen fellowship with God? Contemplative prayer. But how do I collaborate with God? It's through the prayer of intercession. Intercession is this idea of standing in the gap. I'm standing in the gap of my brothers and sisters and I'm activating my faith and I'm saying, I will be the bridge to see his kingdom come. His will be done. And when I pray, I pray in the authority of Jesus. What is, um, what's the classic way that everybody ends their prayer? Come on, let's see if anyone knows. Just how does, how does everybody end? How do you, has, how do we all end it? In Jesus' name, amen. Have you heard that before? Have you finished your prayer saying, in Jesus' name, amen? Have you ever wondered why everybody says, in Jesus' name, Amen. It's very, very important when it comes to intercession. It's very, very important when it comes to developing a habit of prayer. Look at what Jesus says, John chapter 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus is saying, no, 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 when you come to pray, you, you stand on my authority. Look what he says to the disciples, John chapter 15. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Look what Paul says to the church in Ephesus, chapter five, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning what's happening here in the Bible is the Bible is not prescribing some formula. Jesus didn't say, hey, at the end of your prayer, say in Jesus' name, amen, and then everything will be done. That, that, that's not what he's saying. Not wrong to end your prayer that way. Not wrong at all. My, my son Wyatt right now, he's a little bit of a legalist. Uh, when we come to dinner, he wants everyone to shut up and pray and he will call you out. No, 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 pray, no, 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 pray. So we all have to put our hands together and for some reason he goes through all the Disney characters in his prayer. God bless Simba, bless daddy Simba, bless mommy Simba, bless baby Simba. Uh, God bless mama bear, papa bear, baby bear, gummy bear. I mean, he just, he, he comes up with stuff. But his favorite part of the prayer we all come to that moment. And in Jesus' name, he goes, amen. And, and he seals the prayer. And it's beautiful. Nothing wrong. We do it in our house. I do it with most of my prayers. But what Jesus is teaching, he's not teaching a formula to end your prayers. In fact, as you read the New Testament or the whole Bible for that matter, nobody closes their prayer saying, in Jesus' name, amen. That, that, that's not the idea. It's not a formula. It's not a method. There's something deeper there. The the depth of what Jesus is teaching us is that when we pray, we don't pray in our authority, but rather we pray in Jesus's authority. Praying in Jesus's name is therefore a prayer made on his authorization. It's Acts chapter three, when Peter looks at a man who's lame and says, get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. It's Acts chapter four when the Sanhedrin says, how are you doing these things? And they're saying, we're doing these things in the name of Jesus. It's Acts 16 when the apostle Paul calls out a demon, an unclean spirit, and he says, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. That when you pray, you're not praying in your own willpower, you're not praying in your own set of works, you're not praying in your own effort, but rather you're standing in authority and you're going in the authorization of Jesus. A couple months ago, I tried to go to a restaurant that I've been wanting to go to for a long time. Wanted to get in. They kept saying, nope, restaurant's too full. Nope, sorry. And I went one time with my wife and I had to wait this really long time and they gave me a really bad seat. But I finally found out that one of my friends is a member of this restaurant. His name is Mr. Wolfington. That sounds like a name that would be attached to a nice restaurant like that. I said, bro, I wanna to go to this restaurant, but they won't ever let me get a table. I wanna experience this with my wife. He said, don't you worry, I got it taken care of for you. And the next time I went in, they said, your name, sir. I said, uh, my name is Mr. Wilkerson. They said, oh, sorry, you're not on the list. I said, oh, I'm sorry. My name is Mr. Wolfington. And as soon as I said, my name is Mr. Wolfington, everything shifted and everything changed because now I was not going on my authority, but rather I was going on his authority. They gave me the best seat in the house. The servers were nicer to me than any server has ever been in the history of serving. Why? Because I wasn't going in my name, but rather I was going in his name. And friend, when you come to God in prayer, you don't come to God in prayer in the name of Rich Wilkerson Jr. or in your name, but rather you stand on the authority of Jesus Christ. And as you begin to pray, you begin to collaborate with God. And as you collaborate, your prayers 
change things. Your prayer, turn things around. Your prayers make a difference. I got the authority. His name is Jesus. Come on, church. Lift up your voice. Come on, sing it out. Come on, worship. Come on, when I open up Come my on. mouth. Yeah. Come on. So when I lift. Come on. When I lift yes, my voice yes, and shout. Every yes, wall Jesus. comes crashing down. I have yes, the authority. Come yes, on, you Jesus. lift it up, Jesus. Jesus has given me. When I open up my mouth, miracles, they start breaking out. I have the authority in Jesus Christ. Developing a prayer habit. Developing a prayer habit. Do you have the habit of prayer? What do you do when you don't know what to do? You pray. Because my prayer, it expresses trust in God. And I pray the prayer of adoration. I agree with who you are, God, Father, who is holy. When I pray, it's deepening my fellowship to God. How do I pray? I pray in a contemplative way. I'm not afraid of the silence. Our relationship is deeper than that. But when I pray, I'm in collaboration with God. But how do you pray? You pray the prayer of intercession and you stand on the authority of Jesus. You don't just say in Jesus' name, amen, but rather your entire prayer is coded, established, started, and finished in the authority of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Right where you are right now. Can we just pray for people? Just right where you are right now. Just lift your hands. Come on, all over this place. Just lift your hands right now. I see you, Zoom. Father, I just pray right now, Jesus, Lord, for people, God, that are, that are in situations right now that are difficult situations, that are, that, are, that are troubling situations. God, people that don't know what to do right now. Lord, I pray that the good Father would meet them. Maybe they feel like they're hearing no and no and no, but Lord, you are with them right now. Just because you're saying no doesn't be because you don't hear them or because you got something bad. No, no, no. It's because you got the best in mind. Lord, we pause today. We stop today on this Sunday. We pause and we pray. We pause and we pray. Lord, I pray that you begin to move in people's lives right now. Lord, we want a deeper relationship with you. In this troubling moment, let us get a deeper revelation of who you are, who you are. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I don't know who you are today. And I don't know how you're watching the stream all over the world. People are tuning in right now. But if you have never encountered Jesus, telling you you have authority. You don't have authority just because you pray. You have authority when you pray in Jesus. That's where the authority comes from. 
I couldn't get into the restaurant. I needed somebody else's name. I needed authorization from somebody else. And the same is true for you and I, that we need Jesus's authorization. And guess where the authorization comes from? It comes from a relationship with him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Are you tired of carrying life's problems and troubles on your back? Well, then come to Jesus. He has a plan for you. And it starts with a change of your mind, a change of your direction. You can change today. And this prayer, it's called the prayer of salvation. That if you pray it today, it's a one-time prayer, but it requires a lifetime commitment. That as you pray it today, you are saying, I want to continue to become like him. I wanna go on the journey of faith following Jesus. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, just receive Jesus right now, just receive him. He says, repent and be saved. Yet to all who received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. Believe in your, in your heart, confess with your mouth. Pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I receive you. I believe you are who you said that you are. Today, I'm putting my trust in you, putting my faith in you. I wanna follow you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Take away all my sin. I don't want it anymore. It's too heavy for me to carry. I wanna follow you. I want relationship with you. I'm dependent upon you. I want to collaborate with you. Today, Jesus, give me a prayer habit. Don't let it be a Sunday thing. Let it be an everyday thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from Vu and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.